Hello, today we're asking what a person's eye movements can tell you about their personality. And we want to know why the construction industry has suicide levels three times the national average and what can be done about it. Before all that, we're delving into a controversy that's been raging in the world of psychiatry for a while now. You might remember this news from the beginning of October. A parliamentary review has found millions of people get bad side effects when trying to cut down or come off antidepressants. It suggests half of patients have withdrawal symptoms, many of them severe, and is calling for more warning to be given to people before they take them. The headlines were based on a paper published in the journal Addictive Behaviours that reviewed the research on symptoms that some people suffer when they come off antidepressants. One of the authors was John Reed, who's Professor of Clinical Psychology at the University of East London, and he concluded that over half of people experience withdrawal symptoms when they stop taking antidepressants. The finding was on the whole covered uncritically in the media, but then Dr Samir Johar, a senior research fellow at King's College London, wrote a blog critiquing the way the study had been done in some detail. This was followed by a response from the original authors, followed by a response to that response and back again and so on. You get the picture. Now, antidepressants don't work for everyone, but they can, in some cases, save lives. Now, when professionals with years of experience doing research disagree over the methods that have been used to come to a particular conclusion, the rest of us are left wondering, what does this mean in practice? If you want to come off them, how worried should you be about the side effects? I invited Samir and John into the studio to try to work out what they do agree on and, most importantly, where this leaves the rest of us. First, I asked the paper's author, John, what kinds of withdrawal effects people can have. They vary quite a lot, the withdrawal effects, but the most common ones are flu-like symptoms, insomnia, nausea, imbalance, sensory disturbances, hyperarousal, those sorts of things, headaches, muscle spasms, all of which, of course, are quite distressing when you're already in a not such a good good shape. And Samir, do patients tend to be warned about this in advance when they're starting antidepressants? Yes, like with any other medications in general medicine, you'd warn patients about any side effects and also discuss with them the importance of taking a medicine regularly because if you were to stop and start a medicine, you're obviously with some medicines more likely to get withdrawal effects. So it's part of the therapeutic intervention to inform someone about their treatment and also make it specific for the type of medicine because the prevalence of withdrawal effects are different for different medicines. So John, you've just conducted a recent systematic review of studies on withdrawal effects. What was the drive behind doing that and and what did you find? How widespread are side effects? Well, first of all, just to quickly correct what Samir just said, the two largest surveys that we've done of uh, 1,800 people and 1,400 people, when asked were they ever told anything at all about withdrawal effects, less than 2% in both those surveys said that. So that's a nice aspirational statement, Samir, but it's not actually what's going on in the real world, which is partly why we need these guidelines changed. And that's why the all-party parliamentary group on prescription drug dependence, chaired by Sir Oliver Letwin, asked James Davis from Roehampton University to conduct a proper review of all the literature that's there about withdrawal, about incidence, severity and so forth. James then asked me, because of my history researching in this area, and when we looked at all the studies, um, there weren't very many. Psychiatry has actually buried its head in the sand a bit on this issue, like they did with benzodiazepines 30, 40 years ago. But 
There are some studies. We found 14 around incidents, for instance, and on average, 56%. We wouldn't swear by that precise number because the studies were so diverse, ranging from direct consumer surveys to RCTs, but 56% on average. And of those people, nearly half, when asked how severe they were, ticked the most severe box on offer in that study. So you're saying so, 56% of people who attempted to come off antidepressants were experiencing some sort of withdrawal correct, effect, and then correct. almost half of those said that those were severe. That's correct, yes. And that's in stark contrast to the NICE guidelines, which talk about one week and self-remedying. It's just grossly inaccurate. And that's the goal, to get those changed so that people can get proper information and proper support. Now, this level of side effects was quite widely and, and uncritically covered um, in the press, but Samir, you've expressed a number of reservations about the survey's conclusions that are based on these studies and and the way that they've been used. There's two I'd like you to outline very briefly. Um, One is that it covered lots of different medications and that as well as randomised control trials, this also relied on online surveys where people, of course, decide whether or not to take part. What are the problems with those two things? I think the problems and the general problems is we're asking for very simple answers to very complex questions and asking, you know, antidepressants as a whole, what's the incidence of discontinuation and taking it from different types of studies, it's virtually impossible to take a number from that. Would it be much lower then for some particular antidepressants and higher for others? Very much so, because they're all different compounds. You know, I'm grateful to John for pointing out that there's a significant number of people who get bad withdrawal symptoms and we have to acknowledge them. Coming to your point about surveys and what John said about correcting myself, this was data taken from surveys of people who've had bad withdrawal and a self-selected population. Their opinions are exceptionally important. The difficulty with any survey is how generalisable that is to the general population. If you don't know how many people are completing a survey, how many people are offered a survey, you can't quantify a number. I think what you can take from the surveys is the richness of the information. I've read through some of the comments and they are so important because people are so distressed. But can we generalise the results of a survey to the whole population of people receiving an intervention, any intervention? That's difficult. So, John, can we generalise and then say, oh, well, this means 56% of people who are on antidepressants are experiencing withdrawal effects if they decided to take part in an online survey? So they're more likely to be attracted to it, aren't they, if they'd had those side effects? Um, When we looked at all those large surveys direct to consumer, asking quite straightforward questions, actually, nothing complex about it. Did you experience withdrawal effects? When we look at those, we get 58%. When we looked at the more precise studies, the randomised control trials, much smaller studies, but in some ways more precise, somewhat artificial because people had only been on them for 8 or 12 weeks but were randomised, so they had that advantage. They came in at about 50%. So we're quite happy, James and I, to say it's somewhere between 50 and 58%. It might be lower, it might be higher. We're far more interested, given that this, either way, this represents millions of people worldwide. We're more interested in getting on with getting these guidelines changed and getting these people some services. And I know Samir will agree with that. But won't it vary a lot in terms of what the individual medication is, that if it's much higher for some and lower for others, then is it meaningful to put all those together? Because then people may think, oh, that's 
going to there's a 50 percent chance of that happening to me but it might not for their particular some antibodies. have longer half-lives than others and there is some variation in the level of withdrawal incidence and severity they all have some withdrawal effects so this uh, this review did not set out to do the job that psychiatry should have done a long time ago and looked at all these drugs specifically and alerted people to the specific instances for the specific types of drugs we weren't trying to do that we were trying to look at the overall picture around the world of just how many millions of people are there trying to get off these drugs and struggling and needing services that was our job and that's what we did where would you say this leaves people who are taking antidepressants and maybe have decided they now don't need to take them anymore and want to come off them some will be afraid because they'll see that there might be these side effects what should they do where does this leave them the first thing to say is that you have to come off these drugs extremely slowly and ideally with the support of your GP or, or whoever prescribed them. Um, that isn't happening at the moment because the GPs are have been given the wrong information about withdrawal. So they are telling people when they describe their withdrawal effects, they're often saying, no, no, that's not withdrawal, that's your depression coming back. Because understandably, they've got 10, 15 minutes, they look at the NICE guidelines, which are completely wrong, and they misinterpret and misdiagnose what's going on for this person. So they don't get the support they need. That's going to change. Everybody's now getting on board and NICE is reviewing the guidelines. What matters now is moving moving forward. So, Samir, is there something different that GPs should be doing to, to help people very gradually stop taking their antidepressants if they want to? I think it's such an individual thing. You can't ignore that when you're starting or stopping any medicine. In terms of advice to GPs, there's no harm in informing them antidepressant discontinuation exists. And so my hope would be that people see their family doctor, the family doctor is aware of it, the nice guidance in terms of how long it should be before you taper off a medicine. It might well be changed to four weeks, but my thoughts would be it's a guideline. And you're looking after the person in front of you. They're on a specific compound and you always tailor the care for the individual. And also my hope would be is that people don't get scared about antidepressants and they don't get scared and there's no nocebo effect from thinking that the numbers that have been given out would be relevant to them because my opinion would be based on the data and the rules of science you cannot extrapolate those numbers to the general population as things stand so you're mm-hmm. both saying that you can have withdrawal symptoms mm. what you disagree with each other about is the extent of those and what proportion of people are affected yes and i think the disagreement is because we just do not know and from the review and it's documented in print why we just do not know the proportion and the numbers. So can I ask both of you finally, what would the ideal trial look like that would give us a really good answer on how many people are affected? It would be uh, non-drug company funded to start with, large scale, and it would need to represent the real world of people who are on these drugs for three to five years, not 12 weeks like the most, some of the randomised control trials we have at the minute. And if that turns out to be 45% rather than 56%, I won't actually mind that much if in the meantime we have provided some accurate guidelines and some proper services. So Samir, would that be your ideal research that you'd like to see done as well and presumably with all different antidepressants listed separately? I agree with John that you would need a placebo actually randomised controlled trial in a general population so we can extrapolate it to the people that we see on a daily basis. Samir Johar and John Reid.